we read together to focus on where Jesus is leading. Take a moment to speak it out loud over your life, your family, and our world. Now, let's read together. Holy Father, there is nothing I have that you have not given me. All I have and am belong to you, bought with the blood of Jesus. To spend everything on myself and to give without sacrifice is the way of the world that you cannot abide. But generosity is the way of those who call Christ their Lord, who love him with free hearts and serve him with renewed minds, who withstand the delusion of riches that chokes the word, whose hearts are in your kingdom and not in the system of the world. I am determined to increase in generosity until it can be said that there is no needy person among us. I am determined to be trustworthy with such a little thing as money that you may trust me with true riches. Above all, I am determined to be generous because you, Father, are generous. It is the delight of your daughters and sons to share your traits and to show what you are like to all the world. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, family. Welcome to church. We're glad you're here. My name's Matthew. If I haven't had a chance to meet you in person, one of the pastors here, it's a delight to have you. Uh, today, we're, we're going to push pause on our collection of sermons, The Practice of Hospitality. I'll, I'll resume those next Sunday. Uh, but today, we, we have a real special honor, and uh, we get to hear from one of our overseers. Now, Faith Church, if you're new around here, is Faith Church is a senior pastor-led, elder-supported, um, staff-and-volunteer-run, non-denominational church. And our overseers are men of God who have been fruitful in ministry and who love Jesus and his, and his church. They, they serve as kind of outside voices of counsel to me and our leaders. They pray for us often, and they're available to kind of jump in and help uh, myself and our local elders should the need arise for um, their, their counsel and their, their leadership in those ways. And today, we get to hear from one of our overseers. We get to hear from my pastor, uh, Pastor Dale Jenkins from Concord, North Carolina. That's where Amber and I were on staff for uh, a little over nine years before we moved here. Now, Pastor Dale has been in pastoral ministry for over 28 years. He's an excellent communicator of scripture, and he loves people so genuinely and from a deep, deep place. And uh, church, I want to invite you to lean in this morning. Get out something to take some notes with. Open up your scriptures. It's going to be a great day. I know the message is going to encourage you and help you take steps in your walk of faith. And so would you please stand and let's give a big welcome to Pastor Dale Jenkins. Hey, good morning. So good to see you. Thank you so much for the greeting. I have been here all week um, so that I could get to know, uh, first of all, I was here last Sunday, so I got to meet several of you last week um, and your, your staff, your elders, uh, but I also wanted to just hang out in the community. I had never been here before. I got the Fort Scott tour. Um, Common Ground is now my coffee shop. Um, got to meet all kinds of people. I went to the uh, concert on Friday night that was there in the gazebo downtown. Enjoy just, you guys, thank you so much for opening up your hearts and, and your community to me. I love it. 
I absolutely love it. And I love your pastors very much. Uh, Matthew and I ministered together for over nine years, and those were great, great years. Almost all of it was great. Um, he was great the whole time, but we, we walked through stuff. That's what you do in life, right? Aren't you thankful for people you can walk through things together? And so um, I feel very, very blessed and very honored and privileged to be uh, an overseeing elder in this house. So for me, it was important that if I'm going to, to carry such a, a, a weight of responsibility, I didn't want to just come out here and just speak one Sunday and then leave. I wanted to, to come here and get to know some people. I wanted to to be able to immerse myself in, in the community. And so um, I'm leaving with part of this community with me. By the way, I've been taking lots of Your sunrises and sunsets are amazing here. And so I've been getting up early. I'm still on North Carolina time. I've been getting up early every morning, and so I'm taking pictures. And I, I've been riding down roads and taking pictures of things, and I have had more than several people who have said, can I help you with something? <laughs> Boy, just taking pictures, man. I promise. I'm not, I'm not doing anything bad. Um, <laughs> I've had a few. And then I act like I know people. There's a lady at the coffee shop. I heard her say she was on vacation last week, and then she was coming back. I never met her. I didn't know who she was. She didn't tell me. But the next day, I saw her at the coffee shop, and I said, hey, did you just get back from vacation? <laughs> She's like, <laughs> so I'm just trying to fit in. I'm just trying to fit in. <laughs> um I have, a, I have a word for you today. Well, first of all, let me introduce my, my family to you. I want to show a picture. This is my family. They were going to uh, put this picture up. Um, this is my wife, Carrie, and she and I um, are so thankful to be able to um, be married for 30 years, and uh, we have two adult children. My daughter, Gabrielle, who is in the middle there, um, is on staff with us at our church in Concord. Uh, she's 25 years old, graduate from Liberty University, and uh, she's on staff with us. And then my son, Caleb, uh, got married to Karen. They've known each other since the fourth grade. It's the coolest story in the world. And uh, they are in, living in New Jersey, but it's right across the Hudson from New York City. So that, that they're in, in the city a lot. He's a singer and actor and uh, getting ready to go on the road with a national tour. So that's my family. So I wanted to introduce them to you. Today I have a word for you. Uh, if you're taking notes, and I know that you have some notes you can pull up on your, your phones if you go to the Central Hub, but I have a word for you, and I really mean that, that I have a word for you. Now this word I, I, has been in my heart for a little while, and so I have given it to a few other people, but I, I really listened to the Holy Spirit to ask him, what's the word for you? And I felt like this was a word for you today. So the word today if you, if, if you don't want to listen to the whole long story, listen to these two words. Here's the word. Remain faithful. Remain faithful. Turn to somebody near you and tell them, remain faithful. Remain faithful. So I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now we're going to actually read kind of a, a chunky part of Scripture today. Is it okay if we read Scripture in the house of God this morning? That would be okay. So uh, we're going to read a decent little chunk, and so I'm going to have you in just a second. I'm going to have you stand with me, and we're going to read this. I'm going to read most of it. I might have you read parts of it. They've been so gracious to put the scriptures up on the screens and stuff, so if all of that goes well, we'll, we'll maybe read a couple of things together. Uh, but 2 Timothy chapter 3 is where we're going to start, and you'll need to know that this is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy. Timothy was like a son in the faith to him. Paul, 
let's call him Old Paul, writing to young Timothy and saying, uh, there's some things, Timothy, that I want you to make sure that you know. Timothy, my, my life is getting ready. I'm, get, I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm kind of finishing the race. I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where I know I don't have many days left. So here's a few things, Timothy, that I want to make sure that you know and that you hear. And he's going to remind Timothy of, of how important it is to remain faithful no matter what you face. Now, I want you to notice the closeness of their relationship. I want you to notice the hardships that they face in ministry because ministry is not always easy. And if you're doing anything for the kingdom of God, you will face difficulties. But I want you to listen to what uh, Paul writes to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, it starts and says this, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. I told you we were going to stand. Do you mind doing that? Let's all stand together. There will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. <laughs> Can we relate to that a little bit? All right. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others on Facebook and have no self-control on Instagram and TikTok. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They will be reckless. They will be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, Timothy, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. They are the kind... Who, verse, verse 6, it goes on. Let's, let's, let's pick up uh, number 10, verse 10. But you, Timothy, you certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith. You know my patience. You know my love. You know my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, but the Lord rescued me from all of it. Read this next verse out loud, nice and strong. Ready? Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Aren't you glad you read that out loud? Unbelievable. But evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others, and they will themselves be deceived. But Timothy, you must remain faithful. Remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Read verse 16 nice and strong. Ready? All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. He keeps going in, in chapter 4 and he says, I solemnly urge you, Timothy, in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom, preach the word of God. Be prepared. Whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming, 
Timothy, when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, they will follow their own desires and they will look for teachers who will tell them what their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and they will chase after myths. But you, Timothy, should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given to you. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. Listen to this. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have what? Remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, and Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, be sure to bring the coat I left with Carpus at Troas. I, I, I let that boy borrow my coat, and I really want it back. <laughs> Also bring my books and especially my papers. He's talking about the parchments, these things that he's written. Bring these things. These are very important. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, but the Lord will judge him for what he has done. Be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. The first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. May it not be counted against them, though. But the Lord stood with me and gave me strength that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Verse 18, nice and strong, ready? Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. 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 You can be seated. Thank you for reading that. There's a chunky part of scripture. There's a lot that we read there. But, you know, it's good to be able to get the context of these kinds of things when we're reading the Bible. Paul, at the end of his life, you know, if you're coming to the end of your days, you have only so much time, and you're going to make sure you say some things that are important to you. He, he pulls together the, the, the people who are the, the closest to him, who, who he can really trust. He has suffered a lot of persecution, Paul has. He knows that he can't just trust everybody, but Timothy is very close to him. And he knows he can trust him, so he gives him these words. Have you noticed that life is not always easy? Has anybody, I mean, has that happened in Kansas? I don't know how it is everywhere else, but is that, life is just not always easy. And don't you hate it when people try to oversimplify the complexity of your life? They don't know what you're going through. They don't know what you're facing. They don't know why it's so difficult. They don't know why you have this inner turmoil inside of you. And so people want to give you a 40 characters or less answer to the complexity of your problem, and they have no idea what you're facing. But Paul knew that Timothy understood. So he wrote to him, and he said, Timothy, I know. 
I get it. I've been through the stuff. You know how I've suffered. And he goes through all of these things. You remember this? You remember this? You remember this? Remember how I was deserted? Remember how I felt these things? He's reminding Timothy that godly people suffer too. But God's always faithful. So he says, Timothy, no matter what you face, no matter how many times you want to give up, don't ever give up. Remain faithful. It's funny how life can throw a curveball at you when, when, when you're not expecting it. I was with my family. My kids, my kids were very young, probably, uh, I would say, eight years old maybe and six years old. Um, it was cold. Now, North Carolina doesn't get, you know, it's not Arctic by any means, but we have our cold spells. It was cold. Uh, I went to go get gas. We were on, on, on the way over to someone's house. I went to go get gas in my car. Chevy Blazer, red Chevy Blazer. And, uh, and then the, the gas station at the pump, it said, hey, do you want a car wash with, the, with your gas? And I, I looked at, at the car, because my wife typically would drive the car, and, and I looked at it, I was like, yeah, this thing really does need a bath. So let's get the car wash. So I said yes. And then, and then it asks, uh, what kind of car wash do you want? Because you know you don't have to just get the normal car wash, right? I'm like ultra, mega, super wash. That's what I want. <laughs> I need it. This thing needs a bath bad. So I did the ultra, mega, super wash. Okay, so we're going to... And then it spits out the receipt, and you have a code. You've done this, right? You have a code on, on the receipt. And then you can, after you get gas, pull over into the car wash. And then you roll down the window, and you punch in the code. And then... The little mechanism comes from underneath the depths of the earth. And you put your car in neutral. This is the kind of car wash that it was. You put your car in neutral, and the thing starts, it picks up where your wheels are, and it starts pulling you through. This is the kind of car wash that it went through. So I'm in neutral, punch the code, and then I hit the button to roll the window up in my wife's car, Chevy Blazer. And nothing happened to the window. And, and I looked over at Carrie, and she said, oh, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> now, <laughs> I've already punched the button. The thing is, we're now starting to move. And you know with electronics, it doesn't matter how hard you push the button. It either works or it doesn't work. And that window wasn't going anywhere. Nothing, nothing. And, and my kids were in the back, and they could tell, because my conversation with my wife all of a sudden got very animated. And I was like, what, wait, wait, how, do, what do you mean it does? And, and I'm like, oh, come on, come on. And then think, God, I know you're never late. You're always on time, come on. <laughs> and and we, this thing pulled us through. And right about then, a squirt of soap came across <laughs> the dashboard and hit my wife in the lap. And I was like, oh my gosh, we are in for the Fred and Ethel and Lucy and Ricky show right now. And, and so Carrie screamed, and I started laughing. What do you do? I just, I mean, I just let go of the wheel. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm trying to like with the visor and, 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 and I mean now, okay, it's cold outside. By the way, that water is not hot. 
I don't know what y'all think about car wash water, but it's not, it was cold, and it came through. And so now, now what kind of car wash did I get? I got the ultra <laughs> mega super. So, I mean, this thing was spinning around, and it was doing all kinds, I mean, squirting soap, and then it was like, then it rinsed us off on the inside, and then it was like squirting wax at us. I mean, we were like, you know, I've never had a wax before, but... I did that day, and it's just squirting all the stuff. And then it's like the, the extra coating on the outside. I mean, we were sopping wet when this thing finally, and then we thought we were toward the end, and then the hair dryer thing came on. <laughs> right? And my kids are in the background screaming because they think the car wash monster is eating us. And, and so we're laughing and laughing, and the kids are, think we're dying. We're all going to heaven or something. They don't know. And so then we finally, we finally got out. It's like Jonah, you know, was spit out on the other side. And so this is where we were. We got out on the other side. And I am not kidding at all when I tell you this, that we uh, got to the other side, and I said, watch this. I hit the window, and it went <laughs> right up. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? That's just the best story. That's the best story. My kids needed therapy, but <laughs> unexpected things happen. Everything's going right. Everything's going good, right? All you're doing is punching the codes of life, and you're just try all you're trying to do is go through the car wash of life, and then sometimes something happens you didn't expect. Now, sometimes it's funny, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's, it's entertaining, and sometimes... It's debilitating. You, you didn't know. You didn't know that you were going to lose that job. You didn't know that you were going to lose that relationship. You didn't know that you were going to get injured and lose that scholarship. You, you, you didn't know that something was going to happen and life was going to throw you a curveball. Now, God, God knew, but you didn't know. But isn't it interesting that God still calls us to remain faithful, no matter what we face. I want to give you three things today that will help you to remain faithful. Because if that's the assignment, if that's what God is calling us to do, is to remain faithful. Because, listen, if I would have come here before COVID, this still would have been a right now powerful word. But how many of you know that you've been through some stuff over the last 18 months? Some of you have faced sickness. Some of you have faced... Uh, the polarization of the, the politics that have taken place. Some of you have been shamed for decisions that you've made or not made. Some of your relationships have been tested and tried. And frankly, some of, some of those relationships are kind of still, the jury's still out. What's going to happen? Where is this going to land? So, so I have a word for you today. You can call me Old Paul if you want to, but I'm going to speak to young Timothy. And I want to just tell you and remind you to remain faithful. And I want to tell you why. But first of all, how? How do you remain faithful? Let me give you three things. How do you remain faithful? Number one, remain faithful to God's word. Remain faithful to God's word. Paul said to, to Timothy, um, Timothy, you're going to have to remain faithful to God. And here's one way to do it. Don't ever forget what God actually said. Don't ever forget what God actually said. And this is the context where Paul says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And, it, and it's good for you. It's going to prepare you. It's going to equip you. It, the word of God will be there to sustain you and guide you. When you have no idea 
what to do? Look to the word and find out what God says. Stand on the word. We read the word. We study the word. We practice the word. Come on, somebody. We preach the word. We don't apologize for the word. We read it. We study it. We practice. We preach it. We read it. We study it. We practice it. We preach it. We read it. We study it. We practice. We preach it. What do we do? We read it. Study it. Practice it. Preach it. One more time. We read it. Study it. Practice it. Preach it. This is what we do. Now, now when, when we say we... We, we, we preach it. I don't want you to think that that's just my job or that's just Pastor Matthew's job. We certainly have an assignment to, to, to preach the word. That's part of an assignment. But every one of us, if you're a parent, you ought to be preaching the word to your children. Now, it's not going to look the same way as me. I don't think you have to sit your children down in chairs and give them three points in a poem. <laughs> I think what you do, though, is you instill the word of God in the people that are close to you. You weave the word of God into conversations with your neighbors. You, 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 you're never far from the word of God. Um, it, how often do you think that you ought to do daily devotions? <laughs> Every day. But we don't do daily devotions so God likes us more. We don't do daily devotions because it's an expectation. It's not a homework assignment. It's not algebra. We, 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 we get in the Word. You have to get this context because sometimes we think we are a better Christian or God likes us more when we do these things. That's not why we do these things. We read the Word and study it and practice it and preach it. We read the Word so we can know God, so we can hear His voice. I mean, that's really the goal. When you're reading the Word, it's not about checking the box. It's about hearing the voice. If you will get in the Word of God, God will speak to you. And, and it's very captivating. He'll, he'll talk to you. He'll encourage you. He'll say, I know it's been tough, but you can do this. You'll read things like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You'll, you'll read times when David says, Lord, would you smite all of these people? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, mm, that, that's the, I'm highlighting that today. But then by the end of it, David says, but you, O oh Lord, are a shield for me. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. Right? There's something that pivots on the inside of us. This is why we have to prioritize the word of God. It has to remain very central in our lives. The word of God is a plumb line for us. It, 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 we, we let the, you know what a plumb line is? It's, there's a weight on the end of a string. There's a weight that, that makes sure that if you were to let that plumb line go, that plumb line is going to give you an absolute true straight line. That's what the word of God does for us. The word of God is that plumb line. We let the word say what the word says. Now, if, if you were to grab the end of that plumb line, you can move it. Isn't that true? You can move it, to, and you can make it say, and it's still a plumb line, but is it actually showing you a true, straight line? No, because you've manipulated it now. This is where people take the word of God, and they can pull a scripture out of context, they can make it say whatever they want to. People do this all the time. But if you were to let, let it go, let it go, let it go, let, let it just kind of settle where it is, that's true north. That's what you can bank on. That's truth. That's truth. 
And when we're doing that, the Bible is also uh, a mirror. It, it's not a magnifying glass to inspect other people's lives. It's a mirror to reflect. It helps me. It helps me. This is why the, the word of God is so important. Remain faithful to God's word. Number two, remain faithful to your calling. Remain faithful to your calling. Timothy needed to be reminded by Paul to remain faithful to his calling because his calling wasn't easy. His calling came with challenges. Just like your calling comes with challenges. The things that you're doing, your, your calling um, that God has given to you, and I know that, that, that God has unique plans and purposes for each one of our lives. Whatever it is that he has asked you to do in this season of your life, be faithful. Be faithful to that calling. Don't get distracted. Don't, don't, don't jump ship. Don't exit before it's time. Be faithful to the calling that God has entrusted to you. If he's put something in your hands, be faithful with it. Be, be a good steward of what God has entrusted to you. If, if you will be faithful to, by the way, your calling is something that will always glorify God. It will help to bring people to, to Jesus. It will build the kingdom of God. These are things that, if you're really operating in your calling, then these are some of the things that happen, but also your calling will bring you great joy and fulfillment and peace. It might not be the thing you were thinking about originally, but I promise you, you're not gonna be miserable if you're truly answering your call. You're gonna be more fulfilled than ever. But it's not gonna be easy all the time, and you will have to be reminded, and this is why God has sent me here this weekend to remind you, don't give up now. You've been through too much to give up now. Keep being faithful. Remain faithful. Remain faithful to your calling. Remain faithful to God's word. Remain faithful to your calling. Number three, remain faithful to godly relationships. Remain faithful to godly relationships. God has put some people around you that are very, very important in your life. These, these are are. are like God put these people here. Now, you have a lot of people in your life, and, and I know God is sovereign over all, all of it. I, I understand that. But there are some particular people that are in your life that God has initiated. And, and there's, some, there's some people that, that you might not even fully engage with right now, but God's leading you toward those people. Uh, let, let me use some of your terminology here. Your connect groups are really important. They're really important because these are the people that walk through life with you. You can talk about what's going on. You, you, can, you can share. You can pray together. You can, you can share some of your concerns. And then there's some other people that, that are even that much closer, and you can really unload your life and your cares and the, the weight that you're carrying. There's people in your life that are very important. Listen to me. Husbands, remain faithful to your wives. What a great word last week. What a great word and a great reminder. Because the, the, the commandment that you covered last week about not committing adultery is really not about not doing the not. It's really about making sure you're faithful to the relationships that God has given to you. Isn't that true? Husbands, remain faithful to your wives. Wives, remain faithful to your husbands. Remain faithful to your kids. Children, remain faithful to your parents. They're not as dumb as you think that they are. But sometimes they act a little bit like it. I get it. 
Not everybody can be a great parent like Matthew, but... But we're not perfect. Isn't that true? So this is where you have to navigate through. If you're looking for perfect relationships, you've got to look upward. Otherwise, give a, lot, give a lot of room and give a lot of grace for people. But don't, listen, you've got to value the relationship more than the issue. Value the relationship more than the issue. If you start dying on every mountain of issues, you're going to lose a lot of relationships that are very valuable to you, and God put them there. Don't sacrifice relationships for issues. Instead, make sure that relationships are the priority. Relationships are always the priority. Be, be faithful. Remain faithful. Hey, let me give you another one. Remain faithful in your relationships that you have with your pastors and your leaders. You know what the enemy would love to do? To discourage you and to distract you and to cause you even to be offended by spiritual leaders in your life. And, and, and Pastor Matthew would be the first to tell you that he's not perfect. And I'd be right behind him saying, yeah, he's not. <laughs> but he is a great pastor. He's a great pastor. I mean, God, God I, you know, when, when, he, when, he left, when he left North Carolina and he left our church, we all understood it was the assignment of God. We, we get that. So we celebrated it. But there was, have you, you know you're allowed to be happy and sad at the same time. <laughs> you're allowed to do that. And that's what was in my heart. I'm so happy. But I, I, I was really broken because this man is a gift. He's a gift. This is Pastor Appreciation Month. What a great time to honor your, your pastors. And, and I, I'm just so thankful because I can tell in this house that's what you do. That's, what you, that's who you are but remain faithful to these relationships. They are incredibly important. So remain faithful to God's word. Remain faithful to your calling. Remain faithful to godly relationships. And let me tell you why that you want to remain faithful. Because it's not easy to remain faithful. It's not always easy. Why put yourself through that? Why risk that? Why should you remain faithful? Here's the reason why. Because God has always been and will always be faithful to you. He's always been. Come on, somebody. And he always will be. Always will be. He's never not been faithful. If I was kicking old school, I'd say, he ain't never not been faithful. <laughs> I don't know how many negatives I just threw in there, but God's always been faithful. He's always been faithful. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. His mercies are new every morning. His faithfulness is great. Even when you were unfaithful, come on somebody, talk to me. He's still been faithful. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He's faithful. He's faithful. My word to you today is... Remain faithful. You know what I think? That, I think you ought to hear that in a couple of ways. I think you ought to hear it, first of all, and I, and I really mean this from my heart, but I, I believe that God is saying this to you as well. To remain faithful means that you already have been faithful. Yeah. I want you to hear that. You have been faithful. 
And there's just, your father in heaven is so pleased and honored at your faithfulness. But he also knows that you're facing difficulties. And some of you right now are becoming weary in the process because you have been faithful for a long time, but you're like, if one more thing happens, I don't know what I'm going to do. Can I just tell you what you're going to do? You're going to remain faithful. Because the things of, of life are not what determine your faithfulness. It is the character of who you are and the calling of God in your life. That's what drives you. So no matter what you face, no matter what is going on, remain faithful. There may be some tough times that you're experiencing right now. Maybe there's some things that you're getting ready to, 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 to hit in the future. Remain faithful. Remain faithful. Because when it's all said and done, the words that you actually want to hear, that all of us long to hear, when we cross from this life to the next life, you know what the words are? Well done, good, and faithful servant. Good and faithful steward. You've been faithful. You've been faithful in, in, in these little things. You've been faithful in the big things. You've been faithful in the highs and in the lows. Now enter into, that's why I love what Paul said. Paul said, I've remained faithful and I've, I've, I've gone through some stuff. I've remained faithful, Timothy. I'm calling you to remain faithful. But right now, I, I can see over the horizon, and there's a prize. Timothy, don't give up now. If you could see the prize that I'm seeing right now, you would know that you can be faithful and you can trust God with your life. You can trust God with your life. Isn't that good? God reminds you today, remain faithful. Remain faithful. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. We're going to receive communion. I feel like it's such a privilege to lead you in this time of communion. On your way in, you probably received already the, uh, the communion packs, and you can go ahead and open those up if you'd like to. If you did not receive that, there's some uh, guests that are some uh, ushers that will help you and to get that for you. We come to this place of communion, the table of the Lord. I want to tell you something about communion that I felt was very, very powerful for me. I went, I went on a trip to Israel. Matthew, you were with me on this trip. We went to Israel, and uh, there was a teaching that someone brought, and I had never heard this exactly this way, and I meditated on this quite a lot since then. There were actually three places where Jesus bled. Jesus bled on the cross. He suffered for our sins. He suffered for our spiritual needs. But Jesus also bled on the scourging post. That was at a different geographic location. It was, it was right there nearby, but it was a different place. Jesus bled at the scourging post where he was whipped, where he was beaten. He bled there, as Isaiah would say, by his stripes we are healed. So he, he suffered for our physical needs, our physical healing. But do you know the other place where Jesus bled? The Garden of Gethsemane. Do you remember that? He was there. He was praying. He was in such agony and torment. I want you to listen to this such agony 
and torment in his mind and in his emotions. Gethsemane simply means the place of the pressing. It was the place where they pressed the olives and they got the olive oil. That's what that word means. Jesus was at the place of the pressing where he was feeling the weight and the pressing. And Jesus bled. The the Bible says that he prayed so fervently that like drops of blood, he was sweating and it was like drops of blood. He bled there in the garden. And he, why do you think he did that? Because he knows that sometimes you suffer mentally and emotionally. And he knows what that is like. When we receive communion, we can receive the promise of salvation for our spirits, healing for our bodies, and restoration of our mind and our emotions. Jesus bled for that. Father, today, we turn to you in thanksgiving and praise. We are reminded today of what Jesus Christ did for us. On the cross, he suffered for our sins. At the scourging post, he suffered for our physical healing. And in the garden, he suffered to help deliver us from the bondages that we face mentally, emotionally, inwardly, those places of our soul. Spirit, soul, and body, Jesus promises restoration and hope and healing. So today, as we receive of this bread and of this juice, we are reminded of the body of Jesus that was broken for us, of the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. And we thank you that we can receive these things by faith, knowing that you bring healing and restoration. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Would you receive the bread together? Thank you, Lord, for your blood that was shed for us. We receive this by faith in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray over your people today. I stand, Lord, as as an overseeing elder in this house, something that I am very honored by. But, Lord, it is from that place of spiritual authority that I speak this blessing over your people. May you experience the faithfulness of God in your families, in your marriages, in your homes. May the churches of this community experience the faithfulness of God. May the believers in this community rise up to be everything that you have called and created them to be. May there be a haven of protection over this community and over this this group of people. This church, this house, may it be a beacon and a light in this community. May the miraculous move of God take place 
among these people. May their hands be anointed. May their lives be empowered. May they walk with the awareness of the presence of God. May they speak with the authority of the Holy Spirit. May they humbly serve. And may they see the power of God moving among them. May the pastors of this house be blessed. May they be healthy and strong. May the leadership of this house be blessed. May all of the people who call Faith Church their home be blessed. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. If you receive that, say amen. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see you in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.